Welcome to the Diligent Podcast, where we desire to be diligent in our studies, and I'm your host, Joshua Cantrell. As always, we are thankful to the God of Heaven for this opportunity that He has granted to us on this particular platform to talk about the Word of God. That's why we're here. That's what we do. Uh, that's what we do, rather. As always, thankful uh, to the Scattered Abroad Network for giving me this opportunity on this particular platform. Be honest with you guys, really quick before I even begin the episode. Scared Broad Network, for me, has really gotten me out of the shell that says or that suggests that you could show your personality, if that makes sense. Um, uh, uh, Michael and Caleb has certainly given me that opportunity with this particular platform. I think everyone knows, man, I just, I, I love to preach. I love to study. But this particular platform has also given me an opportunity to do something I never thought I would do. I never thought I would be a podcast host. I never thought I would just be able to uh, more more relax, I guess, if that's the right word, and, and, and discuss the word of God in the preaching setting. is always so much more formal uh, so much more discipline and not saying we lack discipline on this platform because we certainly do because we're handling and dealing with the word of God. But we are certainly uh, more relaxed is not the, uh, the 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 pressures of having so many so many eyeballs at you looking at you while you're preaching. But there's certainly still the same responsibility because we always want to make sure we stay uh, diligent in our studies and make sure we attain the tech the integrity of the text because it's all about uh, Jesus Christ and him crucified is all about his church so I'm sure many other uh, podcast hosts could share that same sentiment as well but I'm just so thankful uh, to them for trusting me with this opportunity to come to you all to discuss the word of God on this particular platform the last time we were together we spent some time talking or answering the question how does culture affect doctrine or in layman terms should culture affect the way we view the bible and i think right out the gate and in, in, in the in the last episode we say no culture should not affect the way we view the word of god because we're not viewing the word of god in a lens of just today we have to view the word of god over 1500 years so much history so much just 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 so much information that goes into that now when we make application into our lives that's another conversation really another study in and of itself for completely different setting uh but certainly we study the word of god we stay true to the text and then we begin like okay how does this apply to my life in this particular discussion or conversation that we're having how does culture affect the way we view the bible so let's continue that study uh, together uh, today. And so we certainly notice that a culture has an advantage over what people view and also how they view it. I believe that comment is where we left off uh, last time we were together. Our world believes that the Bible is a book uh, that should adapt to what the world is giving or what the world's view is at that particular time. We live in a world that is driven by people's emotions and not based off the word 
of God. I tell you what, friends, emotions are great. God gave us those emotions. God gave us those feelings. And so those things are not wrong in and of themselves. But we can't allow our feelings or our emotions to be the lens in which we view the word of God. Let me give you an example of that. In Genesis chapter 37. Yes, because Genesis 39, Joseph is already in Potiphar's house. So Genesis chapter 37. In that particular chapter of Genesis, of course, Joseph is having some dreams. Uh, Joseph ultimately uh, let his brothers know how they're going to be bowing down to him, so on and so forth. But as you make your way to Genesis 37 and verse number 18, there's this plot that now comes against Joseph. His brothers, they come to the conclusion that they are uh, ultimately going to uh, put him uh, to death. So in verse number, let me go down here. Normally, normally when I'm like doing my episodes, I always have a, a paper Bible in front of me. And so I you know, know exactly where I'm going. And sometimes when I got my iPad in front of me, it's kind of a, you know, you would think that would be quicker. But anyways, and so as you make your way down Genesis chapter 37, his brothers, they ultimately uh, are going to sell him into slavery. Of course, they're going to take his coat in verse number 31. They're going to dip that in blood. And then the Bible here says in verse number 34, this is what I want here. The Bible says, and Jacob rent his clothes and put sackcloth upon his loins and mourned for his son many days. Verse 35, here it is. And all his sons and all his daughters, they rose up to comfort him. But he refused to be comforted. And he said, for I will go down into my grave unto my son mourning. Basically, what Jacob says is, he says, I'm going to go to my grave weeping over the death of my boy. That's, that's, that's basically what Jacob says there. Can you believe for all those years, 10 plus years, you know what? Jacob thought that boy was dead. Jacob thought his son was dead. Why is feelings not always a safe guy? You see, Joseph's brothers lied to their father. They didn't give him the facts. They gave him a lie. And so now many years had passed. Jacob sees his son. Why is feelings not always the same, God? I tell you why, friends, because you may have been given some wrong information. That's exactly why. Feelings is not always the same, God, because you may have been given some wrong information. And so, but our world would tell us, hey, man, you let your emotions run you. You let your emotions overtake you. You allow your emotions to go forth. And again, we're not suggesting that emotions is not a bad thing because we see that it is. Sometimes a good thing. It's not always bad. But we can't just view the Bible in terms of emotions. Because that's why a lot of problems in our world, in our country, come about. Depending on what the news is portrayed in our world, it will typically move us into that direction, which does not lead often to any real consistency if the 
if the bar is always being moved, then how can I train for something? Or how can I? That's the point. It's always moving. So there's not really a whole lot of consistency when you begin talking about culture. But when studying the Bible, I find it so amazing because the Bible, it, 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 it just won't change. It's almost like sometimes people are expecting for it to change. It, it, it just won't change, but friends, when studying any subject, not just culture, but any subject, the Bible is the only answer and the only source for total absolute. While there is confusion today, 1 Corinthians 14, 33, God is not the author. God is not the originator. God is not the beginner of confusion, but of peace. And so when we see and when we view confusion today, it's not on the part of God, but it's on the part of man. And so how does culture affect doctrine or should culture affect the way we view the Bible? You know, when... First, looking at culture and doctrine, it's vital for us to understand the importance of Christianity. Now, later on, very, really quickly, I know some people are wondering, what's the definition of culture? We're going to get there. A lot of fundamental information I want to get through first. And so it's vital to understand the importance of Christianity or the standard in which God has placed into our lives. And so standards are often set in place so everyone can know how things will go. And so before we talk about culture, let's talk about a standard. A standard is defined as, listen to this, a document that provides requirements, guidelines, or characteristics that can be used consistently to ensure the materials, the products, the processes, and services as for their purpose. Wow. That's the definition of a standard. Let me read it to you again. A document that provides requirements, guidelines, or characteristics that can be used consistently to ensure that materials, products, processes, and services are for, are fit rather, for their purpose. Before two concepts can ever be compared, there first has to be a standard. Well, thankfully, God has given us the standard. It's the all-inspired word of God. 2 Timothy 3, verse 15 and from a child that has known the Holy Scriptures, which is able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith unfeigned, which is in you. Verse number 16, all Scripture is given, breathed out by the inspiration of God. It is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction and in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete or thoroughly furnished unto every or unto all good works. That should govern the way we live. Isn't it always better to know something as opposed to not knowing something. You know, sometimes when 
my family and I, we are on the way home from worship. Um, or Wednesday night, especially Wednesday night. The congregation in which I preach at, we began Bible study on Wednesday night at 7.30. It ends at 8.30, and so by the time we get to our car, it's already, I don't know, most nights we don't leave the parking lot till 9.30, so we're normally here an hour after Bible study is over. So on the way, so we've already ate dinner, man, hours ago, so long ago. We, we, we work in Atlanta, so we have to get to dinner early so we can get through Atlanta traffic to make sure we get to the building on time and then we leave late. So by the time we leave, we're hungry. And so sometimes we'll go around the drive through but it always happens at McDonald's. I don't know why, but every time we go to this particular McDonald's, we get a large Coke, some French fries, gotta get them while they're hot. And sometimes they well, most times, they never tell me what the total is. And so I'll look at my wife and I'll tell her, why won't they just tell me what the total is? And so I can get the money ready. Because sometimes we get different things. And so the price, it does change. And so we get to the cash. And, and so we get up and they say, well, your total is so-and-so. And I'm like, man, now I got to scramble trying to get money. You could have told me that, you know, I don't know. Probably could have had the money and everything ready to go. But... Anyways, be that as it may, um, we like dealing in absolute. We like knowing answers. We like knowing the facts. We like to have all the information. That's just what we are. That's just kind of who we are in this in this society in which we live. So before two concepts can ever be compared, their first has to be a standard. And again, as we talked about in the last episode together, friends, Christianity is not a sub-point to culture. It's not culture, A, B, C, D, E, Christianity. And when you look at the Lord's church today, many congregations have allowed culture to shape them versus what the Lord has already said. Now, if the Lord has already given us a standard and told us and, and say, this is the way in which I want it done, and that doesn't leave a whole lot of room for us to do other things that are not in accordance with the word of God. The preaching of the gospel in, informs man of what is required by God. There is a living or there is a, a shaping, I guess those words can be used interchangeably depending on the context there, in which God wants us to, to, to go about our lives. I always like to say the gospel does three things or at least these three things. The gospel, it saves us from sin. It sustains us throughout this life and it shapes our behavior. The gospel literally should shape us to be like Jesus. That's one of the benefits of the gospel. The gospel is not just hear, believe, repent, confess, and be baptized. Those are the facts of the gospel. Those are found within the gospel. But the gospel is not just you obeying it in terms of you being saved, you being baptized into water, but there's also have to be some living on the other side of that as well. And thus, I begin molding and changing and shaping my life to be in that of Jesus. 2 Timothy chapter 4, Paul charges Timothy to preach the word, be instant, in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, and exhort with all longsuffering and doctrine. For time will come when they will not endure doctrine, but after their own lust shall they heed to themselves, teachers having itching ears, they shall be turned, they shall turn away their ears from the truth, and they shall be turned, excuse me, unto fables. Just because the world does not want to abide by the doctrine 
doesn't mean the doctrine will change. These are the rules. These are the standards. And this is how it is. Man, I'm, I'm, I'm getting really excited. Next next episode, we're really going to get it more into some culture and more some some more trendier things that we hear in society. And certainly, again, all these things are just going to help us better understand being in the world and not of it and how we can certainly uh, be the people of God. God will have us to be. So as always, thank you. Appreciate you for tuning in. Uh, see you next time here on the Diligent Podcast, where we desire to be diligent in our studies. And I am your host, Joshua.